Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is sponsored by Volvo. Experience the wonder of summer. Have a month's payment on Volvo and spend your summer doing the things that matter to you. Plus, get up to five years fall coverage, including wear and tear. Just go to volvocars.com slash US. This podcast contains explicit language. Okay, so uh, just give me a second. I will just sort of say hello, and that will be the it's beginning. just you, Zach. It's not Jason, too. It's just you. Yeah, unfortunately, Jason's out sick. So. Sorry. Okay. He does that every time he's supposed to interview me, I noticed. <laughs> So that happened. This week, Ohio Democratic Senator Sherrod Brown, the only lawmaker who could do a passable imitation of Tom Waits, joins us to discuss austerity in Greece and banking regulations at home. Also, we ask him if he's going to run for president, because that's what you do in the media. You ask people if they want to be president. Meanwhile, we've got hot news of a Planned Parenthood sting video this week. And like most sting videos, you know, like the one for Fortress Around Your Heart, it turned out to be a crap pile of deception and obfuscation. We'll help you not be conned, like we always do. Finally, we take one of our dips into the 2016 presidential race. And it's a contest that's coming to be defined by the way out-of-control money has completely bollocks the Republican National Committee's hopes of having an orderly primary season that doesn't cause a lot of damage to their eventual nominee. I'm Jason Lincolns, here with Huffington Post reporters Laura Bassett, Zach Carter, and Arthur Delaney. Here's what happened first. I'm Jason Lincolns, editor of Eat the Press at the Huffington Post. This is something that happened the podcast and the house pet and the dish detergent. And uh, joining me uh, is, is uh, our Shadrach lineup, uh, Arthur Delaney, who's right here. Hi, thank you. And uh, uh, Zach Carter. How are you guys doing? Uh, I was sick a little bit of the week. Me too. Not me. Fuck you guys. And there's something kind of like about a summer cold that feels like a big betrayal. Like I'm not supposed yep. to get sick in the summer. Yeah, like I'm supposed it, to fall down or hurt myself in the summer, but not get sick. If you're foolish enough to have a favorable opinion of summer, I would understand that. But it's the worst season. If you guys get me sick during this podcast, I will hunt you down and sneeze in your soup. Well, I have bad news. Well, like, I, we, the three of us are all actually after the podcast going to that ball pit at the National Billy Museum. We, no! We've slotted out a time for just the three of us to swim in those balls. And I'm not sick well, now, but now that you said that sort of jerky thing, I hope you do get a little sick. <laughs> like a mild... Guys, this is not the right attitude. You know, that's that, that, We're going you know to how, a ball pit later. So I get really paranoid when I have like friends coming in town that I'm going to get sick and ruin their stay. And I have a friend coming in town this weekend, so I really don't want to get sick. All right, I take it back. I'm I have this sorry. idea that if I talk about it, then it won't happen. Like I'll, I'll like de-jinx it, you know. Like I'll, I'll kill it. If you steal, if you like, you steal your constitution against getting sick. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. This conversation is really. It's not. No, this is a good conversation. No, no, no. I need to talk about Donald Trump. Oh God, why? <laughs> why? Okay, yeah. I mean, we're gonna talk about. I need. I need to talk about something topical. It's pretty amazing. Right, so I need okay. uh, a political conversation. We're going to. We're going to start by dipping uh, a rare, rare toe into 2016, only because we haven't talked about 2016 in a while. 
and uh, the eternal and endless primary season, which is one of the things that makes America a festering garbage swamp. Donald so, Trump sorry. rules. All right, I really. It's I really, uh, it was FEC. I really want to like punch you right now. All the candidates had to file their paperwork about how much money they raised this right. week. Yes, and Donald Trump's uh, his campaign was like. The FEC paperwork is not built for a man of Mr. Trump's yes. wealth. Donald Trump is running. <laughs> Donald Trump is definitely running the right said Fred of of campaigns they, right now. They said Donald Trump's net worth is ten billion dollars, which is and probably they, false. And they wrote out the numbers in all capital letters. They did. Yeah. Donald Trump is awesome, mm. <laughs> and and the whole conceit that. Donald Trump is beneath us or you know not a good candidate or not someone we should pay attention to I think is beginning to crumble and uh, I stand I I will be the last man on that hill All right Alamo <laughs> Donald Trump the Alamo going... was fought in defense of slavery let's just throw did that out there we should it... use it Wait did you just call thing. it the Alamo <laughs> Did you just put the the emphasis on the wrong syllable? <laughs> Donald Alamo. Trump. It's the Alamo. Stop trying to get off Trump. Well, it's I'm Trump. just trying to get back right. to America. So here's the thing that I like about the 2016 field um, is that is that Ryan's Priebus, um and and everybody else from like the 2012 Republican autopsy. Oh report, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have got to be pulling their freaking hair out, right? So yeah. that you start with Donald Trump saying horribly racist things about immigrants. Everybody basically being in the Republican Party being like, yeah, I kind of agree with him. I think there's a, there was a poll that we had that showed like 7% of Republicans disagree with Trump's policy. John McCain and Rick both said no to the agreeing with him part, but go on. But but only 7% of Republicans in this recent poll, one of our post pollster people, Ariel, um, right. had, had yes. only 7% of people disagreed with his policies. Their base um, is quite nativist. So that's that's an issue for the Republican Party. That That's something that, that you know, they're going to have to grapple and with. And it was something that in well, that our, very quick... autopsy, Reince Priebus and the team that put it together said over and over again, what we need to do is like reach out to Latino voters. Yeah, that's been a farce since the of moment course it was it's published. Been a, farce, a, a, a quick recap of how they're handling Trump. Ted Cruz just came out and said he's bold and brash. He's great. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Rick Santorum, like, Man, I wish I could do that. Guy. Rick Santorum, who is currently a loser and won't be on stage at the first debate next right. month, he said all he could muster was all that is uh, all that glitters is not gold. <laughs> That's what he said about Donald Trump. He's so emo, that guy. <laughs> the the one who's really trashing Trump is Lindsey Graham, and he came out and said, a penny "Donald a Trump penny sucks. <laughs> Donald Trump is destroying our party." He's not wrong. He might be right about that, and it's incredible. And Donald Trump will actually be on stage with these guys uh, during we'll a televised debate. You know, I'll give him props for jumping in the race because I don't credit him with much courage. How are they going to get him off the stage? They made these elaborate rules with what they thought was, was the ultimate goal look, of preventing a certain number of people, yes. but they didn't make a rule to well, prevent you know, this one <laughs> flaming jackass. They and tried. it's hilarious. They tried. They tried by saying, okay, if, you have it, if you're waiting to file... Your FEC thing, if you're taking an extension, you can't be in the debate. But he fucked everybody and said, okay, I'll file my $10 million thing. It's, <laughs> and it's, a billion it's, dollars. $10 billion, yeah. Um, it's, it's probably closer to what I said <laughs> than what he said. 
but that's just me. I would be psyched um, if I had ten million dollars. I would be really yeah. psyched. I would not run for president. I Listen, would be with five million. Right I, 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 um, we need to collectively. Uh, people just need to relax their sphincters and just watch dude, Donald Trump do his yo, thing and and just enjoy it. I'll say this. I'll say this. If you're someone who's in the debate and you're not Donald Trump, you're itching to get a piece of that guy because this is where people who are actual professionals who are run by real consultants are going to shine. They're going to take him apart with a spoon. No, I read, it's gonna be, it's gonna but be, he'll just say, no, fuck you. You're they're a gonna, loser. Yeah. They're going to put <laughs> him. It'll be amazing. Yeah, gonna, you're, you're very bad. That <laughs> Major dude, dope. Let's, let's recall, let's recall that like when he came to the white house correspondence dinner, the one that Seth Meyers hosted, uh, like he could not take the jokes that were being launched at him from. You're right. Things. He, he was turning Super, purple. See, the only thing thinner than his hair is his skin. Whoa! And they're going like, to rip him. They're going to rip him. It's going to be great. That now, part of it. I'm sorry I'm going to be in Europe, and I'm going to miss it. I'm actually not. I'll classic Lincoln. Now, now, reportedly, <laughs> I'm not, Jeb I'm not Bush's team is actually quite worried because Jeb Bush being the you know the front runner besides they Trump well, has a lot of genital worriers. That's all they do is worry about everything. They were born day. worrying. Yeah, they were born worrying. Because <laughs> Trump will say things like, you're very bad. Yes. And Jeb Bush will be like, oh, fuck, I am very bad. He got me. Yeah, yeah. my boy Tim, who runs his comms, has, has been on Twitter. I've, I found him very easy to rile and very easy to worry. Well, listen. Like, kind of not his, that's not his brand. I his think brand is unflappable. He's been a little flappable, and I think that's just like, the, the necessity for being part of Jeb Bush's team, you have to be a little bit worried all the time about well, everything. Well, we're far enough out from the actual election and the primary election for Republicans. The stakes are low enough. And the process of these 15 people uh, staging these uh, debutante balls over the, the beginnings of their campaigns has been so ridiculous that I'm just going to enjoy Donald Trump uh, bringing the self-parody level of the entire enterprise to eleven, I think it's I great. will be in Europe, but that's okay. Can let's just briefly touch on the reason why everything's going to shit uh, on Ryan's previous because you talked about how like when the autopsy, the RNC autopsy is written. One of the other things I talked about was like we got to have a short primary season that's not protracted, doesn't allow flavors of the week to jump up, become front runners, doesn't have twenty some odd debates, something that's relatively put to bed early. They didn't get it, and the reason they didn't get it is because super PACs have unleashed their fucking hell on the world and like to the people who thought oh this all this unlimited dark money would be awesome <laughs> guess what it's not because it's completely taken power away from central party elites like the rnc and it's loose this nonsense on the world that they can't control and i don't know if like this will be the year it lapses into outright scandal because but we're gonna see through this primary process that now has like 17 people in it. This is the future. This is yeah. And, and pet, Donald Trump A billionaire is, buys himself a pet. The pet goes to the debates, stays in the race forever, even though he doesn't have a shot at winning. We're, we're in the future right now, and Donald Trump is the futuristic Biff from the Back to the Future <laughs> movies. Yes. <laughs> Only on an even bigger scale, and it's awesome <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> who, who called Future Biff? <laughs> called Future Biff. I wanted to... Be, <laughs> Donald Trump's comeback for you, Arthur. You know what it's going to be? Dummy. Yeah. <laughs> You're a dummy. You're yeah. a dummy. Loser. It's very, awesome. Very bad food restaurant. He's an asshole. He's welcome to come on our podcast anytime. We'll just call him an asshole. Didn't he insult time. you on Twitter once? 
Is yeah, that, you just but have I'm, an axe to grind because of that. No, no, no. I'm glad. I'm <laughs> yeah, grateful. Wait, I'm grateful personal, he used Jason? my name. No, it's personal? not personal. As a matter of fact, Donald Trump and I had a very cordial relationship for a period of time. He actually called me up one time because I wrote a story about like how Politico said he was preparing on spending like a ridiculous amount of money in the primary, and I was like, use perspective. This money they're citing, this amount of money they're citing, that's like half of what like John McCain spent on his entire campaign, and like he called me up through his dude. Uh, Cohen, his Michael Cohen, his his aide de camp, who's straight out of central casting, by the way. I, I, reporters after this campaign are going to love telling stories about talking to Michael Cohen. Um, I don't even know if his fucking first name right, but it's Cohen. I think it's Michael. Anyway, he he set up a call and like Trump talked to me. He was just like, "Yeah, I just wanted you to know that was a good story you wrote." And I was like, "Cool, I know I wrote. I mean, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's a good story. I wouldn't have allowed it to be published if it wasn't fucking a plus. You wouldn't like everything you, wait, else. Wait, wait, wait. You had a telephonic everything. conversation. Yes, I did over at the old office. Yeah. And like and like he went on and on. He 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 trashed Roger Stone." On the on the phone call with me, um, he, he suspected Roger Stone was the dude who like gave that weird story to all these people. Um, and the funniest part of it was is that at one point I was just because I had him on the phone, I was just like, I mean, tell me, are you going to run for president? And he was like, All right, off the record, I think people are going to be very surprised. <laughs> and I was like, You don't need to go off the record if you're just going to describe a hypothetical emotional state. Off the record, Jason, I think tomorrow I gotta put this is going to be another day. i got to put this on background, but uh, I think I'm going to do a thing and people are going to react to it. But whatever. The I fucking was like, Treasury okay, Department I'll keep that does that to me all the time. Sources close to Trump say that people might be surprised. You call the Obama administration and ask them to comment on some policy that you know is their policy, and they'll say, off the record, I can't really discuss <laughs> that. And you're like, you don't have to go off the record to say you can't discuss that. You just right. say, I'm not going to discuss that. Right. I just, in those, in those <laughs> circumstances, you cancel out off the record and you say yeah. they wouldn't discuss it. I guess technically I just violated, I just committed an act of journalistic integrity because I just disclosed that someone off the record had told me they would not talk to me. But I don't think the journalism cops are going to come out. I think I'm coming down off my Trump sugar high. <laughs> Normally. So the, here's the other thing. Uh, uh, not, so not, not only does, uh, does uh, Ryan's right. Priebus have to deal with with all of these candidates having to deal with, you know, Donald Trump being a horrible racist in front of everybody. Um, the other thing that they have to deal with is this this hoax Planned Parenthood video, um, which all of a sudden all of these Republican candidates had to come out and say, yes, we are. We really want to talk about abortion and abortion is a really bad thing and we are anti-abortion. And you know that Reince Priebus does not want the party to be going hard at immigration and abortion right out of the gate. That's not how they want to win this election. Right. Uh, and and so he's just got to be pulling his hair out. We're going to talk more about that video with Laura Bassett uh, coming up soon. But I also wanted to just briefly mention Scott Walker's in the race. And uh, Scott Walker wants to sample your urine. Yeah, he's such a... You're in trouble. <laughs> he's such a tall glass of water. He is a tall glass or of water. Or <laughs> yeah, um, you're gonna need a tall glass of so water though so, under a Scott Walker regime. So he's one of these weird governors who want to drug test people who receive food stamps. He's not. He, despite the fact that, like, when we've seen this in practice, and we he's saw this not in one of them. He is the absolute kingpin. What about of Rick Scott? Drug testing? What no, about Rick Scott. Rick Scott has faded into drug test obscurity. He's wow. floated to the bottom of the bowl. His <laughs> urine is kind of kind of clear. He it's got not it's flushed. not that electric, you know. But what he's we, not you can, you can uh, if you're a governor, your state can impose drug tests on people in certain programs, mainly welfare or temporary assistance for needy families. No. Scott Walker wants the big one, food stamps. 
the you know one of the top three federal safety net programs in this country, and it's clear that federal law doesn't allow it. So Scott Walker, they changed the law. They had a new law that says everyone on food stamps in Wisconsin is actually on welfare. And then they sued the Obama administration in order to have a court settle the matter. So he is, and he waited until he had this budget, this law in hand, before he announced his presidential candidacy. So he's taking, uh, making people pee in cups to the presidential level, which okay. is exciting. Can we talk about how it's cruel that of, is? It's not just cruel, it's stupid. It's because in Florida, what ended up happening is that they spent more money on uh, drug tests than they saved by, and, kicking, and, by and, kicking people off of, of these programs. Yeah. And more money still fighting over which, it in federal which court. Which is really weird. It's like, don't people... I mean, I, people should get off drugs. The the lack of evidence... They still need to but eat, right? Here's the thing. Even if, they, even if they are on drugs, we are talking in this case about food stamps. Right. Food people, stamps. People have got to eat. The level of cruelty when you're saying, I want to take food away from hungry people because they are drug addicts. That is, that is like the mentality of the guy at the Republican debates in, in 2012... When, remember when they asked like like Ron Paul like what would you do to people who don't have health who like didn't get health insurance who get sick and that guy in the audience is like let him die right yeah and they all cheer that's the let him die caucus Scott yeah, Walker is, like, is leading the let him die it's caucus it's like really weird because it doesn't really help drug addiction to starve a person to death well what they would do is they would subject you to the in the in the Wisconsin a piss test regime you <laughs> you take the piss test and if you fail it you actually don't get kicked off but you do have to enroll in in uh, uh, a rehab program of some kind and job training. If you don't do that, then you get kicked off. So in a, in a way, it's a little more humane than what we've seen before. But Scott Walker is being more aggressive than like 10 Rick Scotts. So I, I find that exciting. And, and I look forward to Donald Trump uh, debating Scott Walker on this. Can we? I'm going to make him shit in a box. <laughs> That's, uh, that, that's not classy. That's what he'll do. Yeah. He's not a classy man. Not major quality, right? In there. Wisconsin, don't most most of the time when you pee, you pee just like straight cheese. Oh Who? man! So it's I went like, to a wedding in Wisconsin last year. It you're was, really now. I yeah. stopped at a, one of these cheese curd places on the side of the road, a creamery. Cheese, cheese curds are dope. Yeah. Woo, man! But I was like, I was like, wow. If I lived in this place, I would die young. When I was in Wisconsin, I ate a pizza. That had pasta on top of the pizza. <laughs> when I was in Wisconsin, I was a little little kid, and but I was still drunk. Like you have to be in Wisconsin. Let's pull it out. Drunk on ice. That's Wisconsin. All right, we will be right back. Coming up next, we have an interview with uh, who do we have an interview with? Sherrod mm, Brown. There you go, Sherrod Brown. Yeah, he's a senator from Ohio. Yeah, cool. We're gonna talk to Sherrod Brown about stuff. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Volvo. It's time to experience the wonder of summer. Leave early, get close, wander more, stargaze, do it all. Have a month's payment on Volvo and spend your summer doing the things that matter to you. Plus, get up to five years full coverage, including wear and tear. The wonder of summer event from Volvo. Go to volvocars.com US or test drive a Volvo at your local dealer. Hey there, listener of this podcast. I've got a quick little thing I'd love to chat with you about. Are you a regular So That Happened listener? Well, let us know. Send me an electronic communication with your electronic communicating devices at so that happened at HuffingtonPost.com. 
Tell us what you think of the show, what we're messing up, and who you'd like to hear more from or more about. Okay, back to the program. Well, Senator, thanks for joining us. Sure, look forward to it. Okay, I, I want to start here on uh, on Greece because that's there's some pretty big news this week in Greece. You guys had a, a hearing in the Senate Banking Committee on on the situation there. Um, what do you make of uh, of what's happened over the past week? I I am um, was sort of uh, excited and optimistic when the Greek people made the decision they did. I, I'm less optimistic now that uh, the austerity policies look like they. Uh, may continue almost as severely as they did before. There, there seems to be sort of an abdication of responsibility um, from, I think, from the European community, from the German government, and from the banks when um, it looks a little bit like what we saw here a number of years ago where banks uh, lend money to people that are higher risk than they probably should, and then the banks expect um, to be made whole. And that's um, obviously that's too simplistic to label to describe all of the Greece situation that way, but um, that's a part of it. And uh, unfortunately, the, the German financial community and, I mean, the European financial community and the German government especially, and um, the French a bit too much have acquiesced, um, I think have put Germany or put Greece in a situation which has made people poor and not really remedied the whole issue when you do austerity the way they do. So that, that's the, the, the part that I, I find particularly troubling is that the money that goes to Greece, a, a lot of it, if not the vast majority of it, ended up going to, to German and also French banks. Um, and nobody asked you know, the, the French bankers to, to get rid of vacation homes, uh, and, and yet the, the, <laughs> the requirements on Greece to be able to have the money so they can send to banks have been, have been particularly harsh. Um, but but do, you think, do you think the United States should have played uh, a, a stronger role in the negotiations? I mean, it looks like over the past few, few weeks that, uh, that basically Treasury sort of sat this one out. Well, I, I don't know what role the U.S. could have played. Um, I know that Treasury uh, monitor it and advise from time to time, but it, it, it's a it's mostly a European issue. I I um I would think U.S. the U.S. has kind of learned certainly the U.S. public has learned um, from what happened six or seven years ago and how that's how that's played out in some sense again in Greece. I I guess I'm not going to second guess the Treasury Department here that we could have been more engaged. Um, I, I think that there are so many other issues around the world. But I am I'm disappointed how it's played out, and I'm disappointed especially in the, in the European Central Bank and the European bankers sort of writ large. Do you think there are, there are lessons for policymakers in, in the United States from, from this mess? Well, I think the lesson, there's lessons. Now that we've seen the movie twice, uh, leading up to our financial crisis, where banks were pretty much made whole, and uh, what's happened in Europe, and uh, you know this whole view of austerity, which is so discredited. I mean, it's, it's just it's amazing to me. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination yahoofinance.com it's a little bit like trade policy where we keep doing the same thing over and over and the outcomes are not good for working class americans and and low income americans or working class greeks or low income greeks we keep doing this showing this movie over and over where you you pass another trade agreement or you do another uh, impose more austerity on people that that were not the cause of so many of these problems and um, it's it's unfortunate I mean either clearly there is responsibility on the part of the Greeks too uh, in the way they've run their government and the way they've they've organized their society but but when in the end those who make the loans and made them uh, not always with uh, with with um, you know with, with great responsibility if you will um, don't seem to pay much of a price. I mean, one more question on this. I mean, what do you think this this means for the uh, for the European project more generally? I mean, this was supposed to be something that that made uh, you know the prospect of international conflict between big nations like Germany and France uh, you know remote that it, it would foster cooperation. And, and you've basically seen uh, you know over the past couple of weeks the the government of Germany just really really uh, laying into the government of Greece. Um, do you think that, uh, that the, the prospects for a, a peaceful you know harmon- harmon- harmonious community in Europe have been damaged by this? Oh, I think it's been damaged. I, I think it's, uh, you know, when the big guys have the ability, the Germans and secondarily the French have the ability to beat up on the, you know, the, the smaller, poorer nation as they pulled them into the European Union, willingly, of course. But um, the Greeks, uh, I think the lesson goes out, uh, don't do what Greece did. The problem is the lesson also is um, no restraint on risk-taking by big banks. I mean, it, it, it really is the, the same story over and over that those who have been responsible for a number of the, the decline in GDP in these communities, countries, or that, that have been responsible in large part for their, that they've taken no responsibility sort of for their profligate lending practices. And we have again rewarded them by, in that sense, bailing the banks out. Uh, so I, I, I guess we've learned both lessons, but unfortunately the the lesson that has dominated here is the banks again haven't taken responsibility for their for their profligacy. Um, understanding you teach a lesson to the little guys about their profligacy. So in the United States here, we're coming up on uh, on five years since the uh, the passage of of Dodd Frank, the the big Wall Street overhaul that was supposed to to you know clean up the financial system after the uh, the, the mess in two thousand eight. Um, 
how has the financial system changed over the past few years? I mean, have 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 we have the markets adjusted appropriately? Have policymakers uh, responded appropriately to uh, to that crisis? Well, I think that the, the things are better. I, I don't agree with people that say they aren't better, um, or that I also, of course, don't think they're good enough. I think we have um, not ended too big to fail. I'm a, I, I'm I'm concerned about bank concentration. The largest six banks have. Their combined assets are 60-plus percent of GDP. On the other hand, I, I like how the Office of Control of the Currency has has um, imposed better, sort of better risk management on the banks uh, in terms of risk officers being upgraded in the right place, in the right place in these banks, so that there is a little more caution in their risk-taking. Um, I like that we've had better capital standards um, the surcharge that the Fed and others have done on the banks, on the big banks, is important. I will want to see more tiered sort of CCAR uh, 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 stress testing on the large banks. Uh, so in, in that way, it's good, but in many ways, it's still too big to too big to fail, too big to manage, too big to regulate, and Congress still has work to do. Uh, what about DOJ there? I mean, because uh, you, 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 all the stuff you just listed there is, is complex technical stuff about risk management for banking. Um, but I, I've always thought that on some level, you know, that stuff is useful. But it also helps if you just actually enforce the law. And we haven't seen any we, we haven't seen any big name bankers from American banks go to jail, uh, even when DOJ has prosecuted uh, banks themselves, the corporate entities. No individuals have ended up, uh, you know, with, with any significant penalties. Um, it, it, we see banks, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase, for instance, is issuing settlement after settlement after settlement with different regulators. Um, are we ever going to get to a place where, where banks are fully taking responsibility if we don't uh, if we don't bring the criminal justice system into this? You know, I think a lot of people have wondered why uh, banks have, by and large, shown little contrition, and executives have never really gone to jail. Um, not really, never gone to jail during this, and I think that disturbs a lot of people in the American public. I think that. When you can just pay a fine that you, by and large, charge off to stockholders, because it really isn't a personal fine for, very, for many of these these men and women, mostly men, in the banking system, um, it does lead to skepticism about the whole, about having any confidence in the financial system. So I, 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 um, I mean, the response, the reaction of Wall Street to presidential criticism has been pretty amazing. When they their, their feelings seem to get hurt when the president has been critical of, of banker greed. Um, but, you know, that it's still the most important thing that we've not really, we've got these big settlements. They are not unimportant. But the fact that nobody's gone to, to, to jail over this is, 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 I think, disheartening to many and should be disheartening to many. So we, we still have a lot to do on the DOJ side, on the regulatory side, on the, on the bank concentration on bank concentration and a whole lot of other things. So uh, last question here. The uh, the GOP presidential field uh, just gets bigger and bigger. There are there are clowns like Donald Trump in it, uh, but we only have like four Democrats running for president. Uh, David Brooks, of all people, has said that he thinks you'd be a great candidate. Uh, wh- when are you announcing? Uh, I'm only announcing that I love the job I'm doing and want to do nothing else um, professionally in my life except stay in the Senate. So when you quote David Brooks, that makes me want to do it. So. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. We'll, uh, we'll have him on next week and uh, see, what, right. see what he thinks. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Senator. Thanks, Zach. Glad to see you, buddy. Okay, we're back. 
And uh, now we're back with, with Zach Carter, who's still here. Hi, everybody. We're joined by Huffington Post reporter and English footballer Laura Bassett. Yes, hello. Hey, hello. It's welcome back. Thank you for allowing us to exploit your name in common with another woman for us to generate revenue for our podcast. It was the best day of my life, the worst day of hers. The worst day of hers, best day of yours. Oh, God. We did okay. That was really the best day of your life? No, probably not. <laughs> Always good to be able to coin misfortune <laughs> and like put it in the bank. I did always want to be on Sports Center, so that was pretty special. That yeah. was cool. Yeah, that was dope. That was my photograph too, so I felt pretty good about that. True. I, I hit the big big time. High five. Look how famous we are. Jason, great. aren't you envious? I hope the podcast picked up that high five. A little bit. That, the podcast heard. <laughs> the podcast hears all high fives that happened in this room. Okay, so Laura, you had a pretty eventful week on your beat. Um, tell us about the really interesting um, and uh, honest uh, piece of journalism <laughs> that was released to the media. Yes. So uh, there is a very mysterious group called the Center for uh, Medical Progress, which sounds like a very serious name, but they have scrubbed their website of any kind of history. So nobody really knows who they are, who runs them or who funds them. And they released a video uh, that claims to show Planned Parenthood, a, a doctor at Planned Parenthood uh, selling fetal body parts. That's that's what they say the video shows. The video is heavily edited. I've watched the full unedited version. What it actually shows is a doctor at Planned Parenthood talking about how patients who come in for abortions can choose to donate the fetal tissue for medical research, stem cell research, etc. And the clinic sometimes can get reimbursed for the cost of donating, like the cost of transporting this fetal tissue, which is, she, she said, a figure of like $30 to $100 per specimen, um, which is does not sound like selling wow, <laughs> organs. Sick. What a lot of dun, money. Dun, dun. Right. Woo, uh, breaking it yeah. in, $100 for, oh, wow, that's the huge profit center. Right. So this this <laughs> video is like, you know, she's going through all this trouble to preserve the liver of this baby and then selling it for 30 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Which... She was also drinking wine, that callous, <laughs> that callous unfeeling... Abortionist. Right. You know, uh, I understand. It's it's kind of funny to me because, like, I understand there's probably a bioethical. There's probably yeah. a bioethical debate of the use of fetal tissue. Not uh, much. But there's, there's probably an extant one, and I respect that the fact that there's a bioethical argument there. But it, it's awfully weird to be hearing about a commodity that has obvious value, where it's like terrible that someone's like terrible that someone might make a profit from it. I mean, look, the, what's, like what's kind of funny is that there is, like, a right wing, um, a wing of, like, conservatism that thinks there should be a free, unregulated market in the sale of body parts. Um, that is, like, a thing that, that, like, hardline libertarians have talked about a lot, and they think that Instead it Instead of waiting for being on a waiting list for tissue. Right. If, if somebody wants to sell you their kidney for ten, 10 grand or whatever, you should Do be it. able to Do it. Why not? Yeah. Um, and so here you have a wing of the conservative movement saying... There should capitalism not... is bad. <laughs> not, well, I mean, not just capitalism is bad, but uh, I mean, well, let's I, let's just be clear that this is this. not sale. There's no sale happening. Yeah, yeah, this of course. Is not, this is not even what happened. And what's which is too bad. I was going to get in the fetal part business. Like, but... these, these people posed as a fake bio bio you know tech research company to Planned Parenthood. Yes, and then tell the public that they are actually organ traffickers. Or lead the public to believe that they're in fact organ traffickers—the type of people where, like, you wake up in a bathtub with a terrible headache I'll, and a horrible be, pain in your side, and your kidney is. I'll gone. be honest with you. I'm not. I'm not against reporters 
tricking the people they're trying to get information from. I'm against reporters tricking the people they're giving information to. It seems like a much bigger problem. And that's the big problem with this, because it's... Did she even agree to, to I mean, in the video, did they, like they, they say that she's, she's agreeing to sell the stuff. Does she even do that? No, it's all hypothetical. They're, uh, she thinks she's talking to some kind of stem cell research tissue firm, and she's talking all in hypothetical about how much they would want to be reimbursed per specimen. She talks about how she would go about um, doing the abortion in that case so that she can preserve the things that the, that the woman wants to donate, but she doesn't actually make a deal. Right, so, because you would need the mother to agree to donate the tissue. Right, and I think what what uh, what the anti-abortion folks are really z- zoning in on is the fact that she talks about how the lawyers, um, Planned Parenthood lawyers, are careful about this and and don't want it to be perceived as Planned Parenthood selling organs and whatnot, and and they sort of see this as like a gotcha moment. Like, look, the lawyers are concerned. <laughs> But right. <laughs> the lawyers are concerned because Planned Parenthood, I, I think, is – well, Planned Parenthood says the lawyers are concerned because they're really trying to follow the law and, and do this legally and follow the rules. And it, and it is legal to donate fetal tissue. It is not legal to sell fetal parts. And so it's not absurd that lawyers would come in and make sure everything is kosher. What I find it funny is that, like, there's been sort of, like, three sort of, like, media camps on this issue. There's There's one media camp that points out – that the video is a lie and that the people behind it are liars and that <laughs> and that Planned Parenthood is doing nothing above board. Nothing is not above board. I, am I using above board correctly? Yes, you're boarding, you're, you're boarding yourself. <laughs> okay, then there's, then there's obviously a, an industry of right-wing media who typically do their best to con their listeners who are, who are out there conning their listeners. And then there's a number of like ostensibly neutral news organizations that are just pretending to be completely innocent on this. Be like, well, we don't know if it's a, a lie or not. We don't want to take sides. We, we think the liars have a point of view in this debate. We think that like the truth and something that's false, that's a debate we got to have. And I don't know. I hope the truth wins. Cause I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I feel like, and like they don't understand. Like I think Politico wrote something that was like, "Oh, who knows what's going on?" The Washington <laughs> Post is like, "Oh, who knows?" What's uh, going no, on? I, that, I don't think that's true. I don't think it's fair. The Washington Post says pretty clearly in like the second paragraph, the video does not show. Okay, the to I take it back. But to be to be innocent on this is to be like, look at the scales of like. <laughs> false and true and be like, I'm going to put my thumb hard down on the false side. Hard down. It's, I mean, even calling it a lie is kind of ridiculous. This is not an undercover sting. This is basically a hoax. I mean, yeah, this is exactly. Reporting to- and I just, I just want to point out that uh, Congress is actually yesterday launched an investigation, official investigation into Planned Parenthood, the Energy and Commerce Committee, based on this video. So... Yeah, well, I mean, that's just taxpayer-funded confirmation bias. Yeah, it's bias. a lot of traction. I mean, people are really taking it seriously. And yeah. it's all over the all, – like but every single su- Republican in the 2016 contest jumped in to say, like, this is terrible and I hate Planned Parenthood. And- serious people aren't taking it seriously, but clowns are, and people with an axe to grind and people who want to – Mint that coin of people's outrage. But you also see people in the conservative movement who, like, I, like, like people who I like re- may disagree with on a lot of issues, but but respect who are just really into like abortion politics. Who are, who I think are kind of embarrassing themselves by latching onto this. I mean, it's it's interesting. The the reason that the Republican Party presidential candidates have to go nuts on this stuff is because the Republican base re- really really has a is is eager to believe 
that everybody at Planned Parenthood is constantly breaking the law and wants to traffic in organs. Yeah, two um, years ago, it was uh, the, the last Sting video was trying to prove that Planned Parenthood aids sex traffickers. And they had a guy come in posed as a pimp and try to catch Planned Parenthood, like not asking the age of the girl that needed care or whatever. And then Congress launched an investigation based on that and it found nothing. Like these Sting videos happen every year. Congress always launches an investigation. And now the group live action that always puts the out the Sting videos, people know that they nothing ever. I mean, they've completely lost credibility because none of their investigations ever turn into anything or prove to be true. So now they've had to do this under the guise of this new organization called Center, Center for Medical Progress. Like, right. I just think it says a lot that they couldn't do it under live action anymore. They had to use a different name because <laughs> yeah, people exactly. don't trust them anymore. It's yeah. funny. There's a um, at the, so the Manhattan Institute, which is a conservative think tank, has their own little thing called the Center for Medical Progress. It's like a division of the Manhattan Institute. It is a conservative Oh, right. Thing. And they had to disavow yeah. this. And, and like, that's a place where they have, like, oh, I think not particularly convincing economic studies showing that Obamacare is terrible and stuff. But they're, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We are not those people. Let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, when that, that part of the conservative uh, intelligentsia has got to be like, okay, okay, hang on. Let's, let's be clear. This is not us. <laughs> we are not associated with these guys. There is a shortage of of human tissue for scientific research. That is actually a thing. Right. And, and the so, thing is, with especially with fetal tissue, I mean, that's how that's how sci- researchers learn what, you know, fetal anomalies, like w- what's going on with them, how to fix them. I mean, it, it saves lives. It's, you can't, I mean, it's it's red meat to a certain base to talk about, oh, and then they take, they rip the arm off. And then poor choice this. of words, Laura. The, <laughs> sorry. Excuse the expression. That was not, you know, uh, whatever. But, um, I'm just saying, uh, you know, this happens all the time, and it's why babies' lives are saved in the womb a lot. When when there's uh, some kind of brain thing that we don't understand, it turns out there was tissue that they were able to study, and now we have some kind of medical breakthrough that just saved your child. And so uh, maybe it's, like, uncomfortable to talk about exactly how they get that tissue for research. Well, I mean, let's face it. The, the issue here is never about taking care of a child. It's about punishing women for having recreational sex. Like that's really what it's at bottom here. It's why, it's why oh, life begins at conception. Cool. Well, here's some contraceptives. Oh no, life begins now before conception. They're like, keep moving the goalposts, man. And what always makes what always makes me just like baffled, is that, as a society, we bend over backwards to make sure that men of any age can have all the recreational sex they want, provided it's not with another man. And I'm just like. And and then we we spend an equal amount of time punishing the women for having recreational sex. And it's like, who do you expect these men to have fucking recreational sex with? I mean, are they going to stick their dick in a fucking light socket, a fucking knot in a board? I mean, it's 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 so weird and perverse that it's like, oh well, we got to get fucking Viagra into the fucking body of every seventy-five-year-old motherfucker with. You know, I don't know what fucking dust is left in his epididymis, but God, the world needs to have it. The world needs to have that desiccated baby batter all over the fucking place. And like, and like we punish the women who are willing to be like, I will be the sex partner of these, these men. It's like crazy to me. It's perverse. I mean, look, I'm I I am sympathetic to people who hear the description of like of the abortion process who who feel like uncomfortable, who are grossed out by it. It's it's gross. It is. It's right. gross. But lots of things are gross. Autopsies are gross. Heart transplants are gross. You know, a we, lot of medical sure things lima are, beans yeah. are gross. Yeah, I mean, lots of stuff is gross, and that's un- unfortunately there's gross stuff in the universe, and some of that is called science, and it is helpful to humanity. Yes. All right. Well. There we go. There we go.
Laura, thanks for joining us. We'll have you back at a time when we don't always have to talk about fetal parts. Thank you for having me. Uh, here's some Twitter shit. Uh, Arthur Delaney, who's no longer here to cry about how much he wants people to follow him on Twitter and that he will, he will, you know, stand in traffic if you don't follow him. His Twitter handle is at Arthur Delaney HP. Delaney D E L A N E Y. Right. So if you're having trouble following him because you've been spelling Delaney wrong, now you know. It's with the E, not without. It's it's not the way Samuel R. Delaney right. spells his name. No, follow Arthur Delaney on Twitter so that he can be happy. Don't you want Arthur to be happy? I mean, you probably hate the rest of us, but surely you want Arthur to be happy. Okay, Laura Bassett, her Twitter handle is at L-E Bassett, two S's, two T's. One A, one E, one B. Right? right? Absolutely, yes. For, follow Laura Bassett for fun and frivolity. How many followers do you have, Laura? Like uh, twice as many as I do, right? Like 9,000 something. Yeah, it's like exactly twice Let's as get many. Laura over 10,000, man. Yeah, let's hit that 10K mark. Yeah, that'd be yes. awesome. How do I get as many followers as you, Laura? I only have like 4,700. Yeah, tweet about issues and then you get us <laughs> yeah you tweet about the issues and then i and just then, like make jokes about dinosaur jr and shit right and then <laughs> probably probably spend like most of your time on the internet it helps having... to be on sports center it helps to have the same yeah. name as a famous athlete and zach d carter but zach like zach not zach like d yeah as in devolution carter k is for the kkk h is for houses and happiness Right, so you probably confused people on the issue, so let me just reiterate <laughs> that Zach's Twitter handle is Zach Carter, Z-A-C-H-D-C-A-R-T-E-R. Yep, D and I'm, dog. And I'm at Deceiver, D-C-E-I-V-E-R. Because you deceive people, you liar. Yep, I'm a liar. I'm a liar. Which I'll brings rip your mind full out. circle on today's topic. <laughs> right. I feel like we should do a spoken word version of Henry Rollins' songs. And then sing Henry Rollins' spoken word. Wow, I did not see the Henry Rollins connection there, but now that you have made it. Um, one, <laughs> one thing that people should all watch on the internet is a video of Henry Rollins. It's called Henry Rollins' Trap Music. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. All right, so go watch that. Don't say we never did anything for you. All right, later on, people. Peace. Yeah, have a good weekend and stuff. See you already. So that's what happened this week. This podcast was produced and edited by Ibrahim Balki with technical direction from Brad Shannon and assistance from Christine Canetta and Adriana Ucero. I'm Jason Lincolns. This week we were joined by Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown and HuffPost reporters Laura Bassett, Zach Carter, and Arthur Delaney. This podcast was sponsored by Volvo. Check out volvocars.com slash US to see what Volvo can do for you. So That Happened is available on iTunes. Check us out at iTunes.com slash Panoply or by searching for So That Happened on iTunes or Stitcher. While you're at it, check out the Huffington Post whole family of podcasts. Subscribe and tell your friends. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, please send an email to so that happened at HuffingtonPost.com. As always, we thank you very much for listening. We miss you already. 
yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.